Hi friends, this is Megan, and you're listening to the She Lives Purposely podcast, where we encourage women to love Jesus and live purposely in every area of life. Hi friends, and welcome back to the She Lives Purposely podcast. My name is Megan, and I am the host of the She Lives Purposely podcast and the founder of She Lives Purposely. I am so encouraged that you are here listening today, and I hope that you are so encouraged and exhorted by this little chat, this purposeful chat that we're going to be having today. If you are encouraged by this, I want to encourage you to share this with your friend spread the encouragement, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you're at, or if it's just in a text message, um, spread the encouragement. We know, you know, we're in such a world where we need more and more encouragement. Um, so whether it's this episode or another episode, I'd love if you would share with your friends. And if that looks like leaving a review, I would totally love if you did that too, wherever you're listening from, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, um, whatever it is. So anyway, let's get to it. Today on the podcast, if you saw the title, you already know we are talking about the prosperity gospel. And again, if you saw the title, you already know my stance on it. We are talking about why I am not team prosperity gospel. If you don't know what prosperity gospel is, it is frequently called the health and wealth gospel. And essentially, from my understanding, promises or preaches that God rewards faith with earthly health and wealth. Um, And there are a couple reasons that I think this is very problematic and even, dare I say, I do dare to say, dangerous. Um, But um, the reason that I am talking about it today is because um, a couple of weeks ago, there was a reel posted on She Lives Purposely that kind of very lightheartedly just pointed out um, that this idea of prosperity gospel is and can be a red flag in theology. You know, if you are going to a church or listening to a pastor who is really promoting this idea that the Lord promises you earthly wealth based on your faith and obedience, that is dangerous. Um, And I really posted it not thinking anything of it, just kind of, you know, this is what I know to be true. And it got a lot of pushback, which I was honestly very surprised about. But I think it really just showed me kind of where Um, or I guess how much this has really entered our Christian culture, and I'll speak for the United States because that's where I live, but our Christian culture in the United States. Um, And, you know, I am first to admit that I have found that it has seeped into my own mentality and thoughts and heart um, when it comes to what I know to be true about the Lord and Christianity. It's definitely seeped in there. And one really incredible resource that I um, recommend if you guys are curious more on this topic after this podcast would be to watch the pros- the American Gospel. <laughs> the American Gospel, I think there are two of them. Yeah, I've seen both of them. They're both really incredible. They're long and you really have to kind of track with the whole thing. But um, by the end of each, each one, I personally was really convicted about different areas in my life um, that I had allowed this kind of to seep through into my mentality. So, um, anyway, with all that being said, I realized how much, even with solid Bible-believing Christians and churches, um, this mentality of prosperity gospel can really seep in. Again, it's this mentality that we can earn God's favor and that that favor is wealth and health on this earth. Um, And one of the reasons, we'll just dive right in, that I see the prosperity gospel to be problematic um, 
is that earthly prosperity, and we'll see this as we go on because we're going to take um, some of the arguments that I received um, for prosperity gospel, and we're going to kind of just talk about those, and then we're going to go into more Bible verses that really kind of equip us to know um, why prosperity gospel is not the way. But one of the things that it does promise um, that is actually not promised in scripture um, is that God will give us earthly blessings and um, Again, a reason this is problematic is because for the children of God out there who are poor are basically then being told that they do not have enough faith or obedience because they are not um, surrounded by or in wealth and health. You know, we have people who have illnesses that are heartbreaking all around the globe. Um, people who, you know, are not seeping in wealth and health um, that are now being, you know, preyed upon because they're told that they do not have enough faith. And so then you have families who go to these churches, and these are real stories, you guys, that um, they're already struggling financially, and they go to these churches, and the pastor is telling them that if they give their entire paycheck to tithe, um, you know, that the Lord is going to bless that. And if they don't, then they don't have enough faith or they're not being obedient. So then they do. And then they enter financial ruin. And it just is this kind of continuum of things um, that is so heartbreaking because here you had a leader in the church telling a family that God is promising them things that they never, you know, he never promised. And it's taking advantage of them. Um, it is preying upon them, preying upon us all, really, really, um, which is which is so wrong. And I think we, we see it all throughout scripture too, where the Lord hates when the defenseless are preyed upon. He hates injustice in that sense. And really what it comes down to is that in this. And do I think that's the heart of everybody who believes prosperity gospel? No, because I think that there's verses that we can take out of context and um, really kind of see them in a different way than they were intended to be read. You know, we take them out of their intent, their first intentional context purpose. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of that, a lot of confusion in what the Bible might be meaning. But I do really think that if we take a step back and read the five verses around each of the verses that was brought to me about why prosperity gospel is the way, then we'll see that it's actually not the way. And actually those verses that were used, some of them, ironically, are actually trying to communicate the opposite, that we should be giving up all of our things, you know, for the Lord, instead of expecting him to just constantly bless us and make us the most comfortable here on earth um, because we have faith. And then jumping on that too, um, another reason that I do have a problem with prosperity gospel is that in everything I just talked about, I feel like you can kind of hear it, it really seems to focus more on what God can do for me and my satisfaction on this earth rather than what I can do to bring God glory and be more heavenly minded. Not laying up my treasures in heaven, but laying them up here on earth and, you know, just fully expecting and almost demanding in a sense that the Lord is going to bless me in abundance just because, you know, I'm being faithful to him or full of faith or obedience. And um, it almost makes God kind of this genie in a bottle mentality where he should be moving at my will, you know. And it kind of is very me focused. What can I gain from the relationship with the Lord? And the Lord gives us so much. You know, he gives us a heavenly inheritance. He adopts us as his own. He gives us spiritual blessings, you know, and fills us with his Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, like all of these incredible things that he bestows upon us. But one thing he does not promise ever 
is financial prosperity. And um, in fact, he kind of warns against um, idolizing financial prosperity and money, um, which is another thing we'll dive into. But um, basically, that's another reason that I think this kind of mentality is problematic because it's very me focused. Um, and again, this is not a bash on being wealthy. We find in Proverbs um, so much wisdom for how to be wise with our finances. And we see incredible people in the Bible that are followers of God and even named friends of God who are wealthy from Abraham to King David and so on. Um, so calling out prosperity gospel is not calling out the rich. It's calling out the claim that God promises earthly prosperity to those who have faith. So again, like I said, first I'm just going to talk about some arguments for for prosperity gospel um, that I've heard and kind of combat them with you guys, and then ultimately go into verses from scripture in context um, that I really believe show us that what prosperity gospel preaches is not what the Bible teaches. So the first argument that I saw um, and that has been brought to me in favor of prosperity gospel is just the plain statement that prosperity gospel is the result of obedience to God. Um, using verses like when John said, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may go and be in good health as it is well with your soul. Um, again, I think that this argument touches on the point that God and the Bible and the body of Christ is not anti things going well. It's not anti health and it's not even anti wealth. But this verse, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul, is not God promising or even the writer promising health and wealth and prosperity to believers. It's well wishes. I have well wishes for you. I have well wishes for my friends. You know, there are things that I pray for them. Um, but as I pray them, I'm not telling them that God promised them that, if that kind of makes sense. Um, another common argument that I... Um, received was that Jesus took lack on the cross so we could be rich. Um, this argument honestly really hurt my heart because it diminishes the incredible work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross to something as insignificant as wealth in our minute lifetime in the span of all things. Jesus Christ, friends, died on the cross to forgive us, to forgive us of sin, to free us of sin, and to reunite us with God. Jesus Christ did not live a life of prosperity. His apostles who were martyred did not live a life of prosperity. And again, when I mean when I say prosperity, I do not mean, you know, spiritual prosperity and spiritual growth and those kind of things. I mean like what the world would see as prosperity. Um, maybe extreme success or a ton of money, you know, things like that. Um, and nowhere does it say that Jesus died so that you could become rich in money on earth. Now, in 2 Corinthians 8-9, it does say that he became poor so that we might become rich, but that's not referring to earthly wealth. We have an inheritance in heaven that's incredible, and we also have so many spiritual blessings. In fact, in context, we actually see that the writer uses the example of the Church of Macedonia that is, quote, in extreme poverty, um, end quote, who have, over, who have an abundance of wealth of generosity. Not wealth, but wealth of generosity. So despite their poverty, they are have an abundance of generosity. Um, so just, you know, bringing that into context, if he is, you know, talking about the Church of Macedonia, who is extremely poor, then he's not going to say like, well, Jesus died to, uh, 
give you earthly wealth so they must not be doing a good job even though they're abundantly generous you know what I mean like it just doesn't it doesn't kind of align if you try to make that verse talk about just earthly prosperity um, my mind goes to the widow with two coins and she ties those and that's everything that she has um, she gives um, again everything that she has and everybody around her gives an abundance but it's not um, everything that they have um, and so the Lord actually recognizes this poor widow who gives everything even though it was little rather than the people who gave so much because it was not everything that they had um, I saw another similar argument that basically stated that Jesus took the cross so that we could live heaven on earth. When in reality, friends, Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. And he says multiple times that we are called to give up things for him. This is not our home. That we endure suffering here for a little while um, because we have hope in heaven is something that is talked about all throughout the New Testament. All of those things explicitly contradict the idea that God's only hope for us, or main hope for us even, is earthly wealth. Another um, argument, and one of the last arguments that we are going to talk about today, was that people were saying we have to be prosperous and we have to prosper to show the world that we're successful so that they'll listen to us. You know, kind of this idea that the world will only listen to people who are very successful. And, you know, at face value, this kind of, you're like, oh, I guess this could make sense because it just proves that, you know, you're being blessed. In fact, God does not need the rich at all. In scripture tells us that he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He chose the orphan Esther, young shepherd David, and the Virgin Mary, not just healthy and wealthy and successful people that have proven, quote-unquote, their worth, quote-unquote, <laughs> to God. We can't prove anything to him. And if we think that we can, um, we deceive ourselves. In Romans 10, it says that there are those who are ignorant because they seek to establish their own righteousness and not submit to God's. Pretending that we can earn God's favor or have our own sense of righteousness or ever be good enough for him, um, measuring up to what he wants, is thinking way too highly of ourselves and not enough of all that God has done for us. Another argument that people brought up was the fact that Abraham was very rich. And again, this goes back to the beginning of the podcast. God is not against wealth. End of story. There are incredible people used in scripture and all throughout history that use their wealth for the glory of God and God blessed them with that. And that is incredible. But the issue with prosperity gospel is that it tells us that God will promise those things to us when God does not promise those things to us. He does not promise that we will be like Abraham, you know, in the sense of having wealth and all of those things because of our faith. Hi friends, I just wanted to take a second to say thank you for listening to the She Lives Purposely podcast. I hope and pray you are encouraged and even exhorted here. Did you know that the She Lives Purposely podcast is listener-supported? If the She Lives Purposely podcast has been an encouragement in your life, I hope you'll consider joining the movement and support the impact that the podcast is making through monthly gifts. You can give $1, $5, or even $10 a month and help us reach and encourage women like you. To support the podcast in that way, you can click the link in the show notes. Again, She Lives Purposely runs on support like yours, and I am so thankful. And just some of the things I wanted to talk about are different parts of scripture that we really can look to to see like, okay, God is not promising prosperity. Um, one of those things is all throughout scripture stories of God's followers who don't prosper. Um, 
And we even see apostles who are martyred for their faith, who are traveling without a home, things like that. Um, and are, who are we to say, you know, at all, that we have more faith or obedience than those people? Um, in Matthew 19, 21 to 23, Jesus says, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. The young man heard this. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And then we also see just in scripture, God say, Blessed are the poor. We see him tell us to take up our cross and follow him. In 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Does that sound like health and wealth to you? It surely does not to me. In Colossians 1.24, the writer rejoices that he is suffering for the sake of the body of Christ. In 1 Timothy 6, 6-12, it says, But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. But... Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight in the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I love that verse because, again, it kind of touches on what I was saying earlier, how prosperity gospel really focuses on money and our own blessing. And here the writer is saying, you know, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Don't have a love for money or make that kind of the goal, you know, this prosperity on earth. Um, in John 2.16, and this is the last verse that I'm going to bring up, we see Jesus flip tables because the church or the synagogue, um, the religious leaders of that time, were selling overpriced animals. We talked about it earlier in this episode, how God in the law to atone for sin required the sacrifice of a spotless animal, whether it was a lamb, I think it was doves, different things like that. Um, and so the leaders of the time, the religious leaders, were selling overpriced animals that were without blemish, um, used for sacrifice. What they would do is, you know, people would travel from far to um, basically sacrifice the animals that they would bring, and the leaders would tell them it's not good enough, and then charge them an arm and a leg, basically, for the ones that they had there. And Jesus was furious because they were making his father's house into a selling place. Um, and essentially, it's kind of the same idea where they were promising, you know, that the Lord would bless them only if they had this absolutely, you know, perfect thing that they had to pay so much for. Um, and they were manipulating them essentially in, into paying for um, the Lord's favor. Again, so it just has kind of that same mentality and Jesus is furious about it. So all in all, friends, I think it is important to be on guard with the truths of scripture, to not be swayed by things that sound nice but hold no weight or are verses taken out of context, or in other words, they are um, what they're written in the context of, to fit them into whatever we want it to mean, 
the Bible is not an interpretive poem <laughs> designed for us to get whatever we want out of it. It is the word of God and we need to treat it as such. So I know this was probably an intense episode today and I am just so thankful to you all for listening. It is so important, I really believe. Hi friends, I just wanted to take a second to say thank you for listening to the She Lives Purposely podcast. I hope and pray you are encouraged and even exhorted here. Did you know that the She Lives Purposely podcast is listener-supported? If the She Lives Purposely podcast has been an encouragement in your life, I hope you'll consider joining the movement and support the impact that the podcast is making through monthly gifts. You can give $1, $5, or even $10 a month and help us reach and encourage women like you. To support the podcast in that way, you can click the link in the show notes. Again, She Lives Purposely runs on support like yours, and I am so thankful. Thank you so much for listening to today's conversation. I would love to hear what you thought about the podcast on Instagram at she lives purposely and to rate and review us wherever you're listening from. It really helps us to serve you guys better and just lets us know what you're thinking and feeling and what you're looking for even. Um, so feel free to do that. And also tell your friends about the podcast. Let them know if it's been an encouragement to you, go and encourage them with it. Thank you so much again for listening. I love you friends.